This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. This is episode number 145, and my name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. Back on episode 133, I talked about three ways that we were growing potatoes here on our homestead this year. And one of the things that really irks me about some content creators (laughs) is that they will tell you about a project that they're starting, but they never follow up with how things went. And so on today's episode, I'm going to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly about our potato harvest this year. But before we do that, let's jump on over to this week's Homestead Happenings, and I will bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. This week was a very rainy week, and that certainly did put a wrench in the monkey works, so to speak. But Thursday, I was able to get our potatoes harvested, and we'll talk more in depth about that here in a little bit on the Charting the Course segment. But then Friday, I had to kick my harvest into overdrive. Now, I had a whole list of things that I had planned to accomplish this weekend, and then Friday morning, I saw that they were calling for a frost on Friday night. It wasn't supposed to be a hard freeze, but it was supposed to be significant enough that I felt like I needed to pick as much of the cold sensitive stuff as I could. Now, for once, I actually saw this during the day. So Bonnie and I didn't have to be outdoors with headlamps and flashlights (laughs) like we have so many other years. But as she and I were harvesting things from our garden, things like beans and tomatoes and okra and eggplant and peppers and even some of our squash, in conversation, she mentioned to me that while she was up taking care of the chickens at my folks' house, she saw some peppers up there. Now, my mom and dad were out of town this past week, And so when she mentioned to me that there were peppers up there, I didn't really want them to go to waste. And so we went up to harvest what I thought might be maybe a flat of peppers. Well, how wrong I was. (laughs) We got up there and by this time it was dark. So we were harvesting by flashlight. We ended up picking a bushel and a half of green peppers, at least a half a bushel of hot peppers, and then some tomatoes to boot. So my plans for the weekend all went out the window. (laughs) My plans for the weekend did not involve a lot of food preservation. But now we had all of this stuff that we needed to do something with. And so yesterday, being Saturday, Bonnie and I spent most of the day, preserving peppers. I did up a batch of salsa. I did up some pepper relish. I did some fermented hot peppers to turn into sauce. And while I was working on all of that, 
Bonnie spent the day chopping and slicing peppers to freeze. But before we did any of that, yesterday was my least favorite day here on the homestead, and that is that it was castration day. Now, with this current litter of piglets, I have not separated them out like I normally do. And usually when I separate them out, I have them in a smaller area. It's very contained and it's very easy for me to kind of catch them. Well, these piglets are down with all of the feeder pigs. I just haven't had, or I guess I should say I haven't taken the opportunity to move them into that smaller farrowing pen. I knew though that I wanted to castrate them yesterday because the last time I waited far too long and it was just an absolute hassle. Trust me, folks, the bigger the piglets are, the more difficult the task. And it is not a pleasant task to begin with. So I wanted to make sure I did it a little bit earlier this time around. Except now, instead of these piglets being contained, these piglets are in a much bigger area. And so thank God for our fishing net, <laughs> because I had to be very, very patient and sneak up on them and then use that fishing net to catch them as they started to run away. Thankfully, without much hassle, I was able to get them caught. We were able to get them cut. We were able to actually get ear tags in them and they are all back in with mom and the other girls and they seem to be doing okay today. So thank God that is over. So certainly it has been a busy, busy weekend here on the homestead between castrations and feed runs. And then of course, all of this food preservation, I've actually been shelling beans today. Hopefully, I'm going to be doing some pickled hot peppers as soon as I'm done with this podcast tonight. It's all certainly going to taste great this winter, but it certainly wasn't what I had planned here on the homestead this weekend. But as they say, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not get bent out of shape. <laughs> all right, folks, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. So as I said in my opening monologue, back on episode 133, we talked about the three ways that we were growing potatoes here on the homestead this year. And I also said that uh, I get very, very frustrated with content creators that will share with you what they're going to do and then never give a follow-up to how things went. And so I did not want to leave you hanging. I wanted to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of how our potato harvest went this year on 3B Farm and Homestead. But just in case you haven't listened to episode 133, and episode 133 was back in June of this year, so it has been a bit. By way of refresher, we grew potatoes three ways this year. First of all, in feed sacks. Secondly, in a potato tower, and then third, using the Ruth Stout method, which is just putting them on the ground and covering them with hay. So Thursday, I had the opportunity to go ahead and harvest those potatoes. The first thing I opened up were the feed sacks. And folks, it was a very disappointing, very measly harvest. The second thing I did was open up the potato tower. And again, 
it was a very disappointing harvest. The third thing I did was start uncovering the potato plants in the roost out bed. And while it was slightly better than the other two, it was still a disappointing harvest. All around this year, our potato harvest was not good. Now, last year, I actually had great success with the Ruth Stout method of planting potatoes. And so because of that, I'm not quite ready to toss in the towel yet on the other two methods. I think there are some things that I could have done differently that may have helped me have a better harvest all the way around. So the first thing is something that I knew, but I still didn't pay as much attention to as I probably should have. And that is that when you're doing a tower or sack method for growing potatoes, you do need to use what's considered to be an indeterminate variety of potato. And I do believe I mentioned that back in episode 133. I'm not 100% sure that the varieties that I had were indeterminate. And when I did put the potato towers together and when I did put the sacks together, I kind of just threw a little bit of this and a little bit of that in there, but I didn't keep good track of what I had put into what sack. I didn't really keep track of what I had put into each level or layer within the potato tower. I think that all certainly contributed to a less than impressive yield. The second thing is that we did have a very, very dry summer. And I certainly did not water the roost out bed and I did not water the potato towers or the sacks like I should have. And so I'm positive that that also contributed to a less than impressive yield. And then finally, in the roost out bed, I did not add hay like I should have. And so I'm sure that also contributed to the lack of success as compared to what I saw last year. And so I'm going to try these three methods again next year, but I'm going to make a few changes to my approach. The first thing is, is that instead of going to my local feed store and just buying whatever varieties of potatoes they have on hand, I am going to order through the mail an indeterminate variety specifically for the tower and the feed sacks. I'm also going to move the tower and the feed sacks into the aisle of my Ruth Stout bed just so that they will get watered as I water the rest of the garden. When I talked about how I'm getting ready for next year's garden, I mentioned that I am going to be putting some timers and some additional hoses and some additional sprinklers up in the roost out bed in order to make sure that it gets watered better. And so by moving the tower and the feed sacks inside of the garden, instead of having it outside the garden, that will also ensure that they get watered as well. And then finally in the roost out bed, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I add additional hay throughout the season as it kind of rots down. So was I blown away by the harvest from any of the methods this year? No, I wasn't. But I'm not ready to just give them all a thumbs down because I think there are things that I could have and should have done differently. And so I want to give it one more year, one more season, and then I will report back to you how things go, provided that I follow these steps that I'm promising myself that I'm going to follow next year.
All right, that's it for this episode. And that's also going to be it for this season. I am going to be ending season three here for a number of different reasons. First of all, we're going to have some weekend travel coming up this fall as we go around and look at colleges for my son. And so I want to make sure that I'm able to kind of live in the moment there and not feel the pressure of having to record episodes beforehand or rush home and record episodes. And so it really is a good cutoff point for me to end the season right now. I'm also in the process of trying to launch another non-homesteading project. And so I want to try to free up a little bit of time to focus on that. And so by ending the season a little earlier than I had planned, it certainly will give me a little bit more bandwidth to focus on that. But during this winter break, unlike last year's break, I do plan on staying more connected to homesteading. Last year, I kind of really just took a step back. I didn't really consume much homesteading content at all. I avoided a lot of the homesteading groups. I really, really just took a break from it all. This year, I plan on staying a bit more connected. I certainly will be active on the Supporting Listeners Discord server. So if you are a supporting listener, I certainly will be bugging you there. (laughs) But I also plan on finishing up my Just the Basic series. And I also have a few ideas uh, surrounding that that I am really, really excited about. I do fully plan on doing a season four. Now, I'm about 95% sure that we're going to do a season four. Before the Homesteaders of New England Fall Gathering, I really was on the fence about doing that. In fact, I was pretty sure that I was going to quit the podcast altogether. But Home really, really reinvigorated me. And then a note that I received from a supporting listener this week also really just encouraged me to want to keep doing this. But having said that, I am planning on making some changes to the podcast. I am hoping to buy some additional gear to help me produce a better quality podcast. This will hopefully help me not just produce a better sounding podcast for those who like audio only, but it will also be a little bit more visually appealing for those of you who like to consume this podcast on YouTube. I also plan on making some changes to the supporting listeners program as well. And so there's just a lot of moving parts. And I felt like combined with life events this fall, ending season three here really made sense. Now, if you have any ideas regarding the future of the podcast, I'm all ears. Reach out to me, Brian, at thehomesteadjourney.net. If you want to contact me via email or if you want to contact me, I'm on all of the socials. Well, not all of the socials, but Facebook, Instagram. And YouTube, you can reach out to me on any of those platforms. And I am more than happy to hear your feedback. And in fact, I would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts as far as the content that you would find helpful, or if you have any thoughts with regards to changes you would like me to make to the podcast, or if there are some things that you just think, Brian, don't change this, please, for the love of all things good and holy, (laughs) do not make a change here, all of that feedback is greatly appreciated and certainly will be taken into consideration. And so for now, folks, I'm going to sign off 
I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful winter. For me, it will be a winter break. I look forward to seeing you in the early spring. And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.